Welcome to Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. In this podcast, we read and analyze stories we wrote as children, delving into the inner workings of a child genius's mind. I'm Joseph, the author of Three Cowboys. And I'm Theo, the author of Quest of the Dragon and a surprising new work that we're going to begin today. Ooh. And of course, this is the start of season two. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) You're an idiot if you didn't know that. (laughs) You know, a lot of people are going to see that it's season two and that's where they're going to want to start the the podcast. You know what I mean? A lot of people. (laughs) A lot of people. They're counting on a lot of new listeners starting on this episode, right? Because they're thinking, okay, they're working out the kinks in season one. Season two, that's where they're going to hit us with the good stuff. Right. Zero kinks. This isn't going to be even remotely kinky. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) Season one was kinky. Yeah. Season two, we're straight laced. We're by the book. (laughs) So because of that, we don't want to alienate all these new listeners. So I thought we could once again enforce callback penalties. Should I explain how this works? That in itself is kind of a callback. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay, I'm willing to lose a share for that. Just to explain how this works to the audience. Last time we did this, Joseph and I each started with 50 shares in the podcast in the Inside the Mind of a Child Genius Incorporated podcast. And every time we did a callback, we would lose a share. So we ended with 41 and 43. So I just lost one. Wow, you remember that. No, I saved it. Wait, so if you lose one, it doesn't transfer to me? How are we at 41 and 43? Who has the other shares? Oh, yeah. We, we talked about how any of our listeners could pick up the shares. Gotcha. Michael Farowich, probably our most loyal listener, sent us an email saying <laughs> that out. he wanted the shares that we had lost. Yeah, shout out. Well, you've oh, got That em. was a callback, Joseph, <laughs> yeah. saying shout out. Shouting anyone out is a callback. Um... I I will say this, though. If we keep this up, by like season five, we are going to have zero shares and Michael's (laughs) going to have them all. So We'll we'll figure out some way to work it out. Well, Michael said he wanted all but one of them. So if anyone else wants that one extra share. And there's already a few available just from this episode, it (laughs) sounds like. So you've made two callbacks, right, so far. So And I've made one. So I'm at 40, you're at 41. Um, I think that's all we have to say about that. I think people will understand it, right? They don't need to have listened to the entire kinky first season to understand what we're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting a lot more listeners this season that are not so kinky, and that's totally fine. Um, (laughs) This season is for the kink shamers. But yeah, I just wanted to say that our shares are very valuable. So, you know, this isn't just a joke, people. You know, when we get that IPO, this is going to blow up. And we're actually sacrificing something every time we make a callback. So, And you have a lot to gain by claiming them. <laughs> and Michael Farowich just did it with one email. <laughs> just sent us an email and he claimed all of our shares. Okay. The other thing that I need to address, and this couldn't have come at a worse time because I have to do a callback to address it. This episode is coming out on the first of the month. So it is Tom or Jim Day. Um, Tom or Jim Day, it's a podcast-wide holiday. If your favorite podcast doesn't celebrate it, find a new favorite podcast. But Joseph, I feel like Tom or Jim Day has been kind of my passion project. Yeah, I can see that. Like, Chismas is mine. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely losing a point for that. But. Um, okay, so I'm at 39, you're at 40. So I've been struggling to find a way to celebrate Tom or Jim Day. I feel like everything I've come up with has been pretty boring, to be honest. But I think I finally figured out how to do it. Oh, boy. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, that's exciting. Okay, so Tom or Jim Day usually is a kind of neutral holiday. No one's that happy about it. No one's upset about it. Okay, so I, I've come up with a way to introduce some excitement some danger into this holiday and i will have to sacrifice another share for this all right and that is i think every tom or jim day 
I should flip a coin. And if it's heads, it's Tom or Jim day. If it's tails, it's Tim or Gertie day. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) I thought you were going to go with heads is Tom, tails is Jim. But no, no, you've just completely changed the holiday entirely. (laughs) Now it's Tom or Jim or Tim or Gertie day. Yeah, the name has gotten a little longer. (laughs) Yeah, so I figure if it's heads, it's Tom or Jim day. It's mostly neutral. We get a little joy out of it. If it's tails, that's very bad for us because we summon Tim and Gertie. (laughs) Tim is the invisible man who forever haunts you. Gertie is the one who holds you prisoner, I guess. And is a cardboard cut out of a person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, who holds you prisoner. Yeah, a generic person. Um, Yeah, so. So Tom or Jim Day, flip a coin, Tom or Jim or Tim or Gertie. Got it. Yeah. Do you want me to go ahead and flip it? Yeah, let's flip it. All right. Heads. Hey, that's good news. (laughs) (laughs) Not when I have to celebrate Tim or Gertie. (laughs) Well, I actually have a question about Tom or Jim Day that just (laughs) came up to me right now. What do you do on Tom or Jim Day besides just celebrate Tom, all the Toms and the Jims in your life. That was the problem, is that I didn't know how to celebrate it. We, we just would say every time, <laughs> so thank your Toms or Jims. So the solution was adding some risk, right. possibly introducing okay. Tim or Gertie. Now we're really celebrating. I love how the idea of celebrating this holiday is just flipping a coin. <laughs> And then you instantly know whether it's going to be a good holiday or a bad holiday. No, I think it's average <laughs> or bad, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, do, do you want to get into the actual meat of the podcast where we read a story? Yeah, let's do that. So what we've got for you today is a story called Island of the Dinosaurs. And I wrote this in fourth grade. Uh, um, can we talk about, I know this is an audio podcast and... It's probably not that enjoyable to hear about a description of a picture. I just love your cover that you made for Island of the Dinosaurs. What did you love about it? Well, I have a couple questions because the picture that you sent me. We'll post this on Instagram. Yeah. And you'll find it on Smashwords. It appears that you didn't quite finish because it says Island of the Dinosaurs in huge text that goes well <laughs> over the the size of the picture. Yeah. Theo Chandler also does that. Yeah. <laughs> Something that you probably could have easily fit in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I drew a picture of an island, I guess, with a dinosaur in front of it. Like I did that with colored pencils <laughs> and I scanned it in yeah. and tried to type out Island of the Dinosaurs. But the entire word dinosaurs is hanging off the page. So if I printed this, it would say Island <laughs> of the Theo Chand is what I would say. <laughs> also, I am curious how much inspiration did you draw from Pokemon because this dinosaur looks a lot like Charizard without wings. Yeah, I was I was looking at that dinosaur and thinking <laughs> it is absolutely unidentifiable. Pretty generic. Yeah, if you said draw a generic dinosaur, this is what you would draw, but this doesn't look like a Velociraptor or a Tyrannosaurus or like, <laughs> all right, sharp claws, stands on two legs, looks kind of like a lizard. <laughs> Oh, one last thing I just want to say is I was obviously very inspired by Jurassic Park. And my main complaint about Jurassic Park was there weren't enough different types of dinosaurs. So this story includes literally every dinosaur I knew about. Oh, And every dinosaur name is spelled very wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I had some trouble Googling these. Like I would Google (laughs) what you wrote. And it would, like, suggest some kind of disease. It took me a really long time with some of these to figure out what dinosaur you were even referring to. But um, <laughs> oh, I was going to say that the title, Island of the Dinosaurs, before you told me that this was inspired by Jurassic Park, 
I was going to say that basically is the plot of Jurassic Park in four words. So. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I think this was coming off of Jurassic Park 3, which is especially about a kid crash lands on an island or something when he's hang gliding or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. You don't remember Jurassic Park 3? The third best <laughs> Jurassic Park movie? I know that I've seen all of them. I always just thought they were a little too much dinosaur action and not enough. What's the point of any of this? <laughs> oh my God. You and I were so different. I wanted more dinosaur action. I thought there was too much humans, too much talking about what's the point of it and not enough dinosaurs. Yeah, I guess, oh I guess my problem is that I really thought the stuff was interesting about how they created all these dinosaurs. And that's like okay, we're done with that first five minutes of the movie. Let's just watch a bunch of dinosaurs fight each other. Now there's a bunch of dinosaurs. I feel like this book needs a theme song. My first thought for a theme song was, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've heard it, but where somebody takes a recorder and plays the Jurassic Park theme song. Oh, right. And for some reason in my head, that was the theme song of this book. So it's like a knockoff (laughs) of Jurassic Park, and that was a knockoff of the theme song on a crappy recorder. (laughs) Yeah, it's the worst version of Jurassic Park with the worst version of the Jurassic Park theme (laughs) song. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, so here we go. Yeah, and so it's separated out into days, day one, day two, and day three instead of chapters. That's pretty cool, right? (laughs) That is pretty cool. I remember thinking it was awesome. All right, so here we go. Day one. Your first plane ride, Reggie, Reginald's mom said. He wasn't happy. He was ready to cry. (laughs) All those accidents from planes flying over oceans. He didn't understand how anyone could get across without landing on a foreign island. There were probably at least five islands someone hasn't seen. He was just glad dinosaurs were extinct, or else there would be no going outside and you'll die, so there would be no money to pay with and everyone would starve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is starting off hot. I like how you said there were probably at least five islands someone hasn't seen. (laughs) To me, just the way you said it sounded like that was supposed to be some scary fact. Like, there's at least five islands someone hasn't seen. So you're so afraid of landing on one of those. And there's only five like in the world. (laughs) I know. Is five supposed to be a lot? Yeah, I I guess it's supposed to be a lot. You know, if there are five islands, you're going to crash land on one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would argue it's probably better than crash landing in the middle of the ocean, right? So it's not, it shouldn't be that scary that you would be crash landing on an island. A couple sentences ago, you said... All those accidents from planes flying over oceans. I thought, okay, young Theo was afraid of of being in a plane that would be going over an ocean. And then you're like, but you couldn't get across without landing on a foreign island. I mean, especially uh, calling it a foreign island instead of an uninhabited island. Like it's just another country owns it. I guess. And it does just say without landing on a on a foreign island, not crashing. You're just worried about not making it all the way there in one go. It sounds like I'm just saying that you have to make a connecting flight. <laughs> so, all right. And then obviously we need to talk about... <laughs> to break this last sentence down can i just read it again he was <laughs> yeah. just glad dinosaurs were extinct or else there would be no going outside or you'll die so there would be no <laughs> money to pay with and everyone would starve so what i'm getting from this is your biggest concern is that uh-huh. dinosaurs would like mount a siege against humanity and they, we would all have to stay inside buildings <laughs> 
Yeah. Which, like, by the way, you know, dinosaurs are pretty big. I don't. I think they'd crush most like <laughs> modern buildings. It seems like you're most worried about our economy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There'd be right. no money to pay with, and everyone would starve. <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of basic economics there, right? I think Adam Smith outlined that. I'm ho- really hoping that later in this story, since you're obviously going to end up on an island of dinosaurs. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is like the most hilarious foreshadowing. Just He was so worried about landing on a foreign island w- while flying over the ocean. He was just glad dinosaurs were extinct to them. <laughs> <laughs> so when you inevitably land on a, an island of the dinosaurs, yeah. I'm hoping that you have come up with a monetary system <laughs> for humans to coexist with the dinosaurs so that they don't starve. <laughs> I just imagine them like landing on the island being like, oh no, we're surrounded by dinosaurs. Better get to work on a new economy <laughs> that will yeah. allow us not to starve. Or like, hide in this cave. All right, let's pool our money. Hopefully we have enough to buy food for <laughs> the next we few months. have enough to make the occasional run to the dinosaur grocery store. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I just want to say a few more things about the first part of this paragraph. Your first plane ride, Reggie, Reginald's mom said. So, you know, I'm sure you were wondering what Reggie was short for. And I immediately clear that up. Reginald's mom said. <laughs> Good. It's just funny Thanks. to imagine. You know, I'm writing this story and I'm thinking, so I have this young boy protagonist. What should his name be? And I come up with Reginald. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound kind of like the, old man. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. Now. I also like he wasn't happy. He was ready to cry. <laughs> it's, just... it's so perfect with no punctuation. Just he wasn't happy. He was ready to cry. <laughs> I'll lose a share for saying this, but... That's kind of a a Joe move to write, he wasn't happy, he was ready to cry. (laughs) You think so? Yeah, I I said, he wasn't big and mean, he was little and nice. (laughs) Right. But it's also a very Theo thing that I need my main character to be on the verge of crying immediately because I cried constantly as a child. (laughs) And once again, I've written myself into this character in so many ways because, you know, I thought I was a genius. Turns out Reggie is a genius and knows all about dinosaurs. Yeah, it makes sense why I would say Reggie is about to cry. Shall I keep going? Yes. Reginald went to his room. There was a reason. He had been packed and all he needed was his raptor picture. The raptor's body was brown and its eyes were dark red, like he had gone crazy or something. (laughs) He found it and jumped in the car to go to the airport. It took two hours and 32 minutes. Well, first of all, I'm glad you said there was a reason he went to his room because that was my first thought. He went to his room? Why? There was a reason. <laughs> if I hadn't included the sentence, there was a reason, the next sentence would have explained the reason. You know, I would have gone to the <laughs> yeah. reason he went to the room immediately. I know? love the idea of every time you're about to explain something in a book, you write, there was a reason. <laughs> yeah. Then you write the reason. I mean, it's like I'm assuming the reader reads, Reginald went to his room and they think, Oh, he's going to his room? That's a stupid thing to do. That makes no sense. Why would he do that? And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. There was a reason. I also thought, well, I mean, this is just me being wrong, I guess. But like at the very beginning, it's like your first plane ride, Reggie. I'm imagining them in the airplane. Like I'm imagining them boarding the airplane. And then it's just he goes into his room. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it sort of seems like they're in some sort of undisclosed location at first. And then he goes to his room. 
Yeah. So also, he had been packed. All he needed was his raptor picture. So we've already established he's pretty terrified of dinosaurs. Better <laughs> grab my picture of a raptor because I apparently now love dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't think, well, he's not necessarily afraid of dinosaurs. He's afraid of not being able to go outside because of the dinosaurs and everyone stars because they can't make money. <laughs> That's right. what he's yeah, afraid yeah. of. He's more worried about there not being any money <laughs> than there yeah. being dinosaurs. Okay. And then obviously the raptor's eyes are red like is it like bloodshot or just red eyes uh well let's go back to the text it says its eyes were dark red like he had gone crazy or something so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i'm trying to think fourth grade what year was that what year were you in fourth grade um yeah it looks like this was 2002 oh okay I feel like when I was pretty young, the prequel movies came out for Star Wars. Uh And in those, like as Anakin turns evil, his eyes turn from like blue to like this crazy looking yellow. Uh And I thought that's where you were going with that. See, I, I wasn't into Star Wars. So I don't think that could have been it. Um, so Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005. Attack of the Clones came out in 2002. And Phantom Menace came out in 99. Oh, Darth Maul might have had red eyes. I don't know, Joseph. Why do you need a precedent for red eyes making something look crazy? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> I, I think that you look well, kind of crazy. Where, if you where had would red you have eyes. gotten that from? Red eyes? Yeah, like what? Any where, cartoon. Did their eyes turn red when they go crazy? I mean, I'll also just say that his eyes were dark red, like he had gone crazy or something. So <laughs> Right, yeah. He didn't necessarily go crazy. He could have just been tired. <laughs> his eyes were dark red, like he had gone crazy or he was tired. <laughs> his eyes were red, like he was murderous. We're just. He hadn't slept in a while. (laughs) Or tired. (laughs) Okay, have we done enough with that sentence? I'm sorry we couldn't satisfy you. (laughs) That's fine. Yeah, uh, the next sentence, sorry, I really, every sentence in this story has, I just have something to say about (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So the next sentence, he found it, talking about the picture, and jumped into the car to go to the airport. So (laughs) I was imagining he found this picture and jumped from his room into the car. (laughs) Just opened the window. (laughs) That is one thing I love about this story, and this is some foreshadowing for later on. You wrote this story with no fat. I'll, yeah, I'll lose right. a share for this. Unlike Quest of the Dragon, where you had a ton of exposition and you yeah. took forever to get into things. Um, in this one, you were just like, okay, he found it. He jumped from his room into the car to go to the airport. Yeah. Then they were at the airport in two hours and 32 minutes. I'm so sick of talking about all this. Get him in the plane. I thought he already was in the plane. Now he's in his room. I just need to get to the plane. <laughs> so frustrating. Yeah, I guess this is a callback, but I say it took two hours and 32 minutes. What is my deal with the number 32? Oh my God, you're right. (laughs) I didn't even (laughs) realize that. (laughs) It popped up twice in Quest of the Dragon and then it's here too. Man, you're going to have a great time when you turn 32. That's like your favorite number. Oh yeah. It's going to be a great year. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I just thought of something very dark. What if that's the year I die? (gasps) Oh shit. Uh, That that would be bad. (laughs) Yeah, that would be bad. Maybe you, as a kid travel to the future when you're 32 and kill future you these are like your um you know how serial killers leave like letters and stuff to oh right so yeah so currently i should be figuring that right. out and should be trying to figure out how to stop myself but you're gonna come in hot with a lot of dinosaur knowledge so just so <laughs> yeah. you know little kid you is gonna come in with a lot of dinosaur knowledge yeah <laughs> how would kid you try to take you down in the future <laughs> what do you think kid you would do oh i don't know i mean 
First of all, Kid Theo's eyes would be dark red like he was crazy or something. <laughs> right. Or, I guess he would know 32-year-old Theo's one weakness, right? <laughs> the source of all your powers. <laughs> <laughs> I would finally get to use that line that I always <laughs> use in my old movies. How did you know that was the source of my power? <laughs> I use that over and over. Like, I just thought it was the funniest thing. That would be a great way to die. Yeah. But I'm super old and I, that's what I want my last words to be. I'm just like... <laughs> Laying in the hospital bed. No, the source of all my powers. That would be awesome. Like somebody stabs you and you're bleeding and it's like, my blood. How did you know that was the source of my power? Instead of their actual source of their powers being taken away, it's just like their blood or, or like any my vital life, organ. The source of all yeah. my... Like you decapitate them and then their head says, my body. How did you know that was the source of my power? <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Some bad guy like pulls out a gun. They're like, oh no, a gun. My one weakness or some fatal injuries. My one weakness. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, All right. <laughs> I could tell a story about favorite numbers. Yeah. This is a story from when I was living in New York. I would often hear other people's conversations while I was on the subway. This was one that I, I just had to like quickly jot down because I just thought it was so amazing how these two people were interacting. Mm -hmm. It was a woman and a man. The man seemed really standoffish and the woman seemed like she really wanted to have a conversation. So yeah, so it was clear they didn't really know each other very well, but they had just come from this group class or something. They're like acquaintances. Yeah, and so the, the woman said... Everyone was so nice there. And the guy was like, <laughs> like basically just didn't really <laughs> respond. He was like, oh, yeah. and so as soon as that happened, I was like, this is great. This is such a mismatch of personalities. I'm so excited to see what happens. And then it just got crazier and crazier because she said, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm an accountant. And then she said, oh, so what's your favorite number? <laughs> like accountants just count yeah it's just like the funniest thing to ask an accountant i think um and and then so he was like i don't think i have a favorite number and then she said oh no 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 what happened oh, so was you're not an accountant you don't really seem like the other accountants i've met no sorry what happened was she said so you're an accountant what's your favorite number and he said what and then she tried to clarify by saying what is the number that you hold? And then <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. And it didn't seem like it was like in English as a second language thing. Like it didn't seem like there was any of that going on. It just seemed like she mm-hmm. said a weird thing. And then he he was like, uh, I don't know. And then she said, You don't like nine? or 13 like she was offering him like these easy answers to give i didn't hear any of the rest of the conversation but i was just laughing so hard just thinking gosh just let it go like this guy doesn't want to talk about anything much less what his favorite number is maybe it's really embarrassing he doesn't want to talk about it he's like uh it's 69 but i don't want to tell you Oh, no, season two is not supposed to be kinky. Sorry. (laughs) She's going to think I'm so immature if I tell her my favorite number. (laughs) Or he's a Satanist and it's a 666 and he doesn't want to bring that up. It's like, well, this is going to be a bigger conversation if I talk about my favorite number. (laughs) (laughs) I want the conversation to be over. I absolutely love someone's favorite number being 69, but they're not proud of it. (laughs) (laughs) They're embarrassed by it. Why don't you just pick a different favorite number? Yeah, right. Instead of having a backup favorite number that you tell other people, you just you just try to change the subject. You just get really defensive. Well, what's your favorite number? Why 
even asking me. It's probably 69 or something stupid like that. <laughs> yeah, right. You'd have to be an idiot to like 69, right? Right. <laughs> that is a really good story, though. <laughs> also, the phrase, what is the number that you hold? Like, yeah. that sounds like code for something. That sounds yeah. like they're spies and she's like interrogating him. Yeah, right. He's like, I'm never going to give you the information. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was like a sleeper cell agent and she had forgotten the exact password. And she was just like... <laughs> What's your favorite number? What's the number you hold? What, uh, she knows it's a number. It or <laughs> yeah, it has something to do with number stuff. But. <laughs> it's a sleeper cell. I just think it's funny that there would be a sleeper cell whose unlock code was 69. <laughs> you just go up to a person, you're like, 69. They're like, oh, I remember everything now. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have made it through middle school for sure. <laughs> they, they would have been activated. Yeah, no, they'd be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> your activation code is but, yeah. uh-oh. Although I guess there probably aren't that many sleeper cells in middle school. Not a whole lot of middle school sleeper cells. That's true. All right, so it took them two hours and 32 minutes to get to the airport. And then going forward, I, I do think it's very clear that I had never ridden on a plane at this point. Uh, I had no idea how it worked. The next sentence is, the airplane was huge. They gave the pilot their tickets and got on. The windows were small and round, just big enough to put a Triceratops front horn through. Reginald knew all about dinosaurs, and he knew he didn't want to see an allosaur. They were longer than a Tyrannosaur and were carnivores. Uh, anything to say about that? I guess... Just starting with, they gave the pilot their tickets and got on. <laughs> I mean, we've already mentioned that you hadn't flown before, and I think this made it a little more obvious. I have, I have kind of a conspiracy theory about this, Whoa. but it doesn't okay. come up until later, so I, I, I can't say it now. I'm just, I just want to say that may foreshadow something. <laughs> we'll just flag this for a conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking like they gave their tickets to the pilot and then the pilot just handed them over to the person who takes the tickets. <laughs> you're just handing it to the guy in front of you in line who's the pilot who hands it to her. Uh, and then and then you're like, oh, sorry, I thought I was supposed to give it to you. And the pilot's like, it's okay. It's okay. I just handed it off. <laughs> yeah. The sentence that yeah. says, Reginald knew a lot about dinosaurs. I just thought that was funny because you misspelled dinosaurs. <laughs> so he knew a lot about dinosaurs, but he did not know how to spell the word dinosaur. <laughs> That's the one thing I didn't know about them. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those three sentences, like including that one. And then after that, there's so much just like jagged red lines. <laughs> Allosaur, yeah. Tyrannosaur, and carnivores yeah. and dinosaurs. Just um, it's, it's pretty bad. And then, you know, just saying they were longer than a Tyrannosaur. And we're carnivores. I guess T-Rexes aren't? <laughs> was that the point you're trying to make? <laughs> Maybe the point was that usually the really long dinosaurs were herbivores. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I, I don't mean to defend this. Like, it's, it's very bad. <laughs> but... <laughs> oh, man. The very next sentence also is a <laughs> yes. perfect illustration of how you didn't know how <laughs> airplanes work. But <laughs> Well, I got to talk about a Sorry, few more man. things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had never flown a plane. So, the only description I could come up with for a plane was the airplane was huge. <laughs> yeah, presumably yeah. it is bigger than, you know, your car or whatever. <laughs> so if I had never ridden a plane, where was I getting this plane information? I guess it was from movies or just like plane hearsay. Yeah, the windows were small and round. 
just big enough to put a Triceratops front horn through? No, no, no. This couldn't possibly be foreshadowing. That's just how I measure circles. <laughs> so this is a Triceratops horn-sized circle. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but it seems like what that is suggesting is that a Triceratops horn will go through the windows of the plane. Yeah. That doesn't happen. So. Oh, that never happens? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, should I move on? Um... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this is probably the most poetic description of taking flight anyone has ever come up with. <laughs> <laughs> they started to move up. <laughs> like their plane just immediately just starts levitating and then goes. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say. I mean, yeah. Fly would have been a better word. So they started to move up and off they went to their brother's house. <laughs> their brother's house reginald and his mom share a brother yeah i was trying to figure that out reginald and his mom are siblings i was trying to figure that out in a non-incestual way and i couldn't (laughs) do it so (laughs) i'm assuming it's his brother's house right sorry it's his brother or is it her brother i think it was probably her brother because i mean he's a kid unless his brother is like much older than he is okay and then Yeah. yeah so they're going to the brother's house and then north was the way they were going to go he looked at his compass west something was wrong he looked out the window and saw a long brown skin wing quetzalcoatlus is that how you is that how you pronounce it i don't actually know how to pronounce it i'm not sure i mean i I did have to google that one yeah it's it's the largest ever flying animal It, it was a flying reptile called the quetzalcoatlus i guess it looks almost it looks a little bit more like i was trying to write like queso coitus which is something i wouldn't want to be involved in and is a little too kinky for this season so um. yeah no that's some season one shit i actually was gonna say when i i just copy and pasted this in directly how you wrote it into google uh-huh. and it auto-corrected it to quotes colitis so it's like <laughs> Quotes about ulcerative colitis. Oh, any any inspirational ones? (laughs) Let's see. Uh, When you live with chronic pain, you never tell the truth. (laughs) What? Just started randomly reading the first one. (laughs) You can never trust those people with chronic pain. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It says when someone asks asks you how you are or how you feel, you lie and say, I'm fine or I'm okay. And you smile. Okay. Like... That makes sense. Like, if you feel bad, you know, you might not say that you feel bad, but you never tell the never. truth. <laughs> one of the symptoms. I get a free pass. I get a free pass. To- <laughs> yeah, one of the symptoms. <laughs> hey, what's a good name? How about Tom? Hey, Tom or Jim. Hey, Tom or Jim. You lied to me. Uh, what can I say? I have chronic pain. I can't be held responsible for the yeah. accuracy of my statements. I can't call him out for lying because he does have ulcerative colitis. His back does hurt. So, okay. Um, anything else to say? Yeah. I mean, of course, the child genius character has a compass that he keeps on him all the has time. Has a compass on the plane. Yeah. I don't know if I'm right about this, but it feels like the smart kid in 90s kids uh, movies and cartoons always had a compass, right? Am I yeah, wrong about they, that? they had a compass and a calculator watch. The calculator watch was always there too. Right. Yeah. A quetzalcoatlus. First of all, I mean, just another thing about planes <laughs> that you may not have known when you were a kid is that they don't uh-huh. always go exactly the same direction the entire flight. Straight line. Directly there every so time. I just think it's funny that 
he's like, West, something is wrong. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get there today, but it's revealed later that, like myself, Reginald is from North Carolina. Mm. So I think it's so funny that it says North was the way they were going to go. And then they crash land on an island in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. even if they're going West, they would have had to go very far West to get to the ocean yeah. at that point. All right. So yeah, moving on. Uh, he looked out the window and saw a long brown skin wing, which just sounds disgusting. Um, <laughs> That sound terrible. <laughs> yeah. Too kinky for season two again. <laughs> yeah. And then Quetzalcoatlus. No, they were extinct. <laughs> so he comforts himself with that. Yeah, I feel like this is a good point in the story for it to be like, oh no, it was actually a bird or something that he mistook. <laughs> yeah, right. or That's just foreshadowing for the dinosaurs later. But it's like, oh, there's a dinosaur. Nope. Couldn't possibly be. He couldn't have because they're extinct. Moving <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> Yeah, I just want to say something about this that I just remembered looking out the window and seeing a long brown skin wing. I remember as a kid, what I was picturing was the wings of the plane had been torn off by this creature and it was somehow it was flying underneath the plane and its (laughs) wings were in the same place where the plane's wings were. I just want to say, and this is, wait, wait. (laughs) you thought it had ripped the wing (laughs) off the plane? Yeah. Okay. What's wrong with that? So how is the plane flying? <laughs> the Quetzalcoatlus <laughs> is underneath the plane, flapping its <laughs> wings. So it's carrying the plane. Oh, I see. Does that not make sense? <laughs> no, I mean, doesn't. I know they're extinct, but... <laughs> <laughs> so that's actually what you meant to write? Like, that's what you were getting at? That is, in my head, what I was thinking. But <laughs> the, the way I explained it was, he looked out the window and saw a long brown skin wing. <laughs> All right. So this is just happening. He looked out the window, saw the long brown skin wing, saw the flying reptile, said, no, they were extinct. And then I'm going to try to say these next two sentences without laughing. <laughs> because, okay. All right, here we go. They flew straight down. So in the front, you could see a tree. Watch out, the pilot yelled. <laughs> I like how it's a tree. Not you could see trees from the front. You can see a tree. They're headed right for it. I mean, there's so many more you know, evocative ways to describe it than saying... They flew straight down, so in the front you could see a tree. So now that we've we've gotten there with it, I want to bring up my conspiracy theory from earlier. I don't think this pilot is qualified at all. I think this was a random person taking their tickets. He took everyone's ticket and then just commandeered the plane. And he flew west. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He flew in the wrong direction. And then straight down. Yeah, I, yeah, I like that idea a lot. <laughs> I like to imagine that the pilot didn't even try to call this in to like, air traffic control he just goes watch out i know like, too little too late dude due to your <laughs> yeah. negligence they are hurtling through the air in a death capsule like about to hit a tree like basically all he's telling them is duck or look alive <laughs> they're yeah. about to crash my theory is that he's actually a dinosaur in disguise <laughs> that's so that's a pretty was, good theory yeah that's why he only learned two words because you know a dinosaur probably doesn't yeah. watch out and then the, the two most useless words if you were a dinosaur disguised as a pilot to try to like get into an airplane and and steal it you wouldn't just learn the words watch out i guess so but what if the pilot is greeting everyone on their way into the plane <laughs> watch out that little gap <laughs> watch out can i try to do a little monologue as this pilot yeah this is your captain speaking as you've noticed i've turned on the fastened seatbelt sign 
We're currently flying straight down. <laughs> if you look out the front window, uh, you can see a tree. So we seem to be in a bit of a nosedive, so I suggest you um, watch out. We apologize for the inconvenience, and there will be no in-flight service today. We're all, we're all going to die. <laughs> oh, that is good. I just love it. Watch out. If you look out the front window, which no one can see. I know, I because know. Because that's not how planes work. <laughs> like they just left the cockpit door open, and everyone could just poke their head into the aisle and look out and see the tree in the front did you ever fly as a kid at all i i remember taking one plane trip it was in fourth grade i think it must have been after i wrote this story because when i was a kid they would let you just come up to the cockpit and hang out with the pilots if you were a kid oh really they give you a little badge wow but it's just thinking about how how ridiculously dangerous (laughs) that is now yeah yeah, I don't think that's happening in a post 9-11 world. Thanks, Osama. Right, thanks, Osama. But I was just thinking of ways you could see out the front and see a tree. That'd be the only way that I know of. I mean, so is the funniest word in that sentence to me. They flew straight down, so in the front you could see a tree. Like, it sounds like it was almost <laughs> intentional. Right? Oh, there's a cool tree. Let's just look at it real quick. Like, oh, no, we're in a tailspin. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, all these clouds are so boring. I, I, I want to see something cool. I want to see <laughs> just some like trees. Straight down. <laughs> okay, that's a way better reason for this all happening is they just wanted to see some cool scenery. And then as soon as shit went down, they're just like, watch out. Everybody buckle up. <laughs> hey, that random guy who took our tickets is <laughs> in the cockpit. He wants, he wants to see a tree. <laughs> <laughs> I am impressed with myself that I at least said they flew straight down instead of copying what I did before, which would have been they started to move down. <laughs> Yeah, they started to move down. (laughs) What if that's all the story was? It's just like, they started to move up. Then they started to move down. Then they started to move west. (laughs) God, everything about that sentence is so hilarious. They flew straight down. So in the front, you could see a tree. Not the pilot if you were there. And the the word could, instead of just being like, that you saw trees in the front. No, it's like the nice little treat. Like, oh, we get to see some trees. Uh, hello, passengers. Uh, would anyone appreciate seeing a tree out the front window? Because I can move down. We're getting a little tired of these clouds. Last time we saw some pretty cool clouds, but this time... Uh, my co-pilot bet me that I couldn't fly towards that tree. So unfortunately, uh, we're about to make a crash landing, and I suggest you watch out. Oh. Okay, so this is also hilarious, How just how quickly this whole scene happens. Yeah, so they fly straight down so that you can see a tree, and then the pilot says watch out to everyone and then it says they did a tailspin and the plane suddenly split in half separating reginald and his mom <laughs> uh reginald was traveling at 100 miles per hour hitting tree- <laughs> 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 reginald was traveling at 100 miles per hour hitting trees <laughs> and rocks <laughs> hitting trees and rocks <laughs> that might be my favorite sentence so far so he's, he's going at 100 miles an hour hitting these trees and rocks and then, and then it says for a second he thought he saw a velociraptor but it was his picture <laughs> or so he thought <laughs> that foreshadowing he thought he saw a velociraptor and then oh no no it was his picture and then i have to <laughs> double back and say or so he thought because so it actually yeah. was a velociraptor yeah it's also it's just it's for a second he thought and then you said or so he thought yeah. so you're really doubling down on that <laughs> all right uh i'll read one more the plane fell and hit the ground hard the plane <laughs> <laughs> The plane was filled with sparks 
and a seat came off. <laughs> just just one seat, just any old seat. <laughs> and the entire half of the plane that he's in, a seat came off. <laughs> All right, so we should talk about some of this, I guess. Yeah, um, we should. <laughs> I love how matter-of-fact it is. They did a tailspin, and the plane suddenly split in half, separating Reginald and his mom. <laughs> and it's also so funny, Reginald and his mom were on different halves of this plane. Yeah, I, I spent some time trying to figure that out, where it's like, <laughs> so either they're sitting, they're they're sitting in two different rows mm-hmm. and the plane is splitting in half uh widthwise or they're sitting in two different <laughs> aisles and the plane is splitting in half lengthwise a hot dog cut versus a hamburger cut right i feel like the hot dog cut would be less dangerous for people to experience okay but it's it's so unlikely that the (laughs) aisles are going to separate like in that way that's true so that was my first question was how do you think it's split and do you have any memory of knowing how that split no i don't not at all okay um my second question is Obviously, he's going 100 miles an hour hitting trees and rocks. Yeah. And then it says the plane fell and hit the ground hard. So are we talking about like air trees and rocks that we're running into? How does that exactly work? Yeah, I guess those sentences are in the wrong order. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I guess they are. Yeah, just trees and rocks floating in the... I mean, I could, I could see you're hitting the tops of trees. And then I guess maybe there are really tall rocks or... Oh, yeah, I guess that's... Yeah, and then you like hit the ground... Yeah, that makes sense. You could read it as, because it says Reginald was traveling at 100 miles per hour, not the plane. So <laughs> yeah. he's doing his whole thing, like sliding across the <laughs> ground, hitting trees and rocks. 100 miles an totally hour. Totally <laughs> just a battered child by the end of it. But then the plane finally hits, uh, falls and hits the ground hard after that. <laughs> So, spoiler, he does survive this. Well, <laughs> he does survive going 100 yeah. miles per hour. Like, if you hit one tree or one rock at 100 miles per hour, you're dead, right? <laughs> right. But then after that sentence, it says, for a second, he thought he saw a velociraptor. He still has time to be, like, making conscious observations <laughs> as he's getting pummeled. <laughs> I wonder how fast you thought 100 miles per hour was. Like, if you thought that would that would kill you. <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't think it would kill him. Obviously, Reginald is invincible. <laughs> In addition to yeah. knowing about dinosaurs and having a compass, he's invincible. Um, <laughs> I also love when it says, for a second he thought he saw a velociraptor, but it was his picture. And then it says the plane fell and hit the ground hard. Where is the velociraptor yeah. at this point? Is it the pilot, as you suggested earlier, that it's a dinosaur? Oh, or, it could be. Because <laughs> otherwise the velociraptor is just flying beside them or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't at know. 100 miles an hour. I don't <laughs> yeah, know if a velociraptor right. can run at 100 miles per hour, but uh, that seems fast. That seems too fast. <laughs> I think that's a little fast. And then I just think these two sentences in succession of the plane fell and hit the ground hard. So it's like, <laughs> I'm imagining this plane flying through the tops of trees and like maybe some high rocks or whatever. And then it just falls <laughs> like all yeah. like a cartoon. Yeah. All at once it falls and hits the ground hard. Then it fills with sparks and a seat comes off. So I'm just imagining this like very cartoonish plane is going at 100 miles per hour, instantly falls, and a seat goes pew. 
and just like shoots <laughs> off. Yeah, it goes off into the distance, and then there's like a little star twinkle <laughs> off in the sky. <laughs> right. I definitely like read this and imagined this with cartoon sound effects of the, the scene, just like boy. <laughs> yeah, I think the word "fell" is so funny. The plane fell and hit the ground hard because it suggests that even up to this point, the pilot is still steering the plane as it's going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And just it's like, yeah. I still got this. <laughs> it's like, oh, we got a good look at the trees. Let me pull this baby back up. Yeah, maybe it's time to move up now. <laughs> maybe we should start moving up. Oh, no, where's the other half of the plane? Yeah. Like the pilot looks back. Oh, yeah. crap. Where's the other half of the plane? I should. Whoops. <laughs> Should I keep going? Or do you have anything else to say? <laughs> no, sorry, I'm, I'm out. Okay. And then, yeah, so the plane was filled with sparks and a seat came off. And then this is Reginald. He just sat there, awestruck, looking at the ground beside him. His picture was in the back of his seat. He grabbed it. The raptor I saw was real, he thought to himself. The Quetzalcoatlus must have been real, too. The sentence, he just sat there, awestruck, looking at the ground beside him. And then just immediately, his picture was on the back of his seat. He grabbed it. So, I mean, he was awestruck for like two seconds going through this massively uh, traumatizing event. It was almost like you as a kid thought you should at least acknowledge that this would be something that would shock you. Well, I had to put in one sentence about him being shocked (laughs) and he was awestruck, which is just also a very wrong word. Like awestruck kind of implies that he's like, this is so cool. Like he's marveling at it. (laughs) Wow. I should be dead. I mean, he should really be dead. (laughs) He really should. Um, Especially if it was just him flying through the trees at 100 miles per hour. (laughs) I, I love that. Yeah, he grabs the picture on the back of his seat, and then he thinks to himself, the raptor I saw was real. What? How does he come yeah, to that conclusion? Come, yeah. uh, I guess because it looked slightly different than his picture that he had. So he's oh, like, oh, maybe, okay. the, maybe that was real. Well, what if it was just someone else's raptor picture? <laughs> That's true. I mean, I always grab my raptor picture before yeah. I go on the plane. <laughs> yeah, right. But mine has blue, normal-looking eyes or something. Because he's not crazy or something. Yeah, and then after that, he then jumps to the conclusion that the Quetzalcoatlus must have been real, too. Yeah. Because if one dinosaur is real, every dinosaur <laughs> must be real. <laughs> That's true, yeah. That's the rule of dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll also say that was my second attempt at spelling Quetzalcoatlus. Still spelling it as two separate words, which I don't think is right. Do you want to know what Google says that is? Yeah. <laughs> first of all, it says no results. So <laughs> then it says, did you mean? And the first one, I don't even really know what it means, but I like the second suggestion, which is queso quesadilla. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to look up... Uh inspiring quotes about queso quesadillas now like we did for when i did an uh, image search for this i just got a lot of quesadillas ah, right. <laughs> so that makes sense <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll be posting those on the instagram <laughs> right if you're really curious what a queso coatalus looks like it's probably <laughs> somewhat similar to this queso quesadilla yeah i think they're from the same uh genus right <laughs> all right so yeah he realizes that those dinosaurs are real and then he says and then it says His mom was somewhere where she probably needed him right now. She didn't know anything about dinosaurs. She would probably go and pet a T-Rex. He stepped out of the plane to look for her. He stepped out of the half plane to look for her. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm I'm not used to the words half plane. (laughs) So I I self-edited there. So he stepped out of the half plane to look at her. 
And then the forest was huge compared to all the other ones in North Carolina. He was sure of it. <laughs> First of all, you have to know a lot about dinosaurs to know not to pet a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, you would right. see a T-Rex and not be like, maybe I shouldn't pet that. No, you have to know a lot about dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, normally you would think if something looks like a monster, you would not want to pet it, right? right a yeah. T-Rex looks like a monster. <laughs> it's also just like such a kid thing to want to be in a situation where you know more than your parents about something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Even if it has to be this wildly far-fetched scenario where you're on an island of dinosaurs, it's like, now I can show my mom <laughs> how much I know about yeah. dinosaurs. <laughs> she yeah. never cared until now, but now she'll want to know. <laughs> you may have read more books and know more about finances, but on this <laughs> island, I'm in charge. You might know more about survival, but I know a thing or two about dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, I know a thing or two about not petting dinosaurs. <laughs> Just so you know, we might need to be worried about our economy now because <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we don't want to have to stay inside and starve. Do you realize as soon as we got on this island, we entered a recession? Our money is worthless now. <laughs> as soon as we landed on this foreign island. Um, and then yeah. the next line is, he stepped out of the half plane to look for her. Another way I could have written that was, forgetting the unpleasantness with the whole tailspin crash landing while hitting trees and rocks at 100 miles per hour, <laughs> Reggie strolled out of the plane. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I was awestruck for a couple good seconds yeah. there. And then I yeah. just grabbed my picture of a velociraptor and got on out of there. Yeah. I just love the fact that the next sentence says, the forest was huge compared to all other ones in North Carolina. <laughs> He was sure of it. That's the weirdest superpower. Just being able to be in a forest and be like, this is big. <laughs> this is a big forest. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to tell how big the forest is when you're inside of it, right? But are you sure of it? What an absolutely pointless observation also. Like, why do you need, how does that change anything that the forest is really big? It's a little bit ominous because there could be dinosaurs in it. Mm. Okay. So do you think that's a good stopping place? Uh, yeah, that's a good stopping place. I have yeah. a question about this whole season thing. If this is season two, does that mean this is season two, episode one? Yeah. Do I have to restart our count? Our episode count? Yeah. Like, are people not going to know that we've made it this far to episode 25 or whatever? Right? Uh, no, I don't think we have to restart an episode count unless you wanted to. I just want them to be proud of me. <laughs> I want our <laughs> listeners to be proud of how high we got. <laughs> wow, 25 episodes. That's great, Joseph. Now, this is helping, just you saying it right now. <laughs> yeah, so I hope you all enjoyed this first excerpt from Island of the Dinosaurs. I don't know. Was it silly enough for you? Send us an email and let us know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we love audience engagement. So make sure to send us any fan art, any fan theories, any fan songs, any fan fiction, anything, any fan related stuff that you have uh, for, for us. Um, send us your own stories. We would love to hear if you have any stories about dinosaurs or cowboys or whatever. Send us your scams. Send us your spams. Yeah, really. Send us your send us your stuff that you wrote as kids. For real, we're, we're gonna <laughs> we're run running out. out. We're, <laughs> our our entire tank is just Theo's stories now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to rate. Our, our books on Smashwords. So if you go to smashwords.com, you can find various books. You can find Three Cowboys, Quest of the Dragon. I recently uploaded Dream Place and the 
Serial Squisher, Ooh. and Jabba Nuba. Uh, so you can find all of those. No way. D- yeah, so make sure. I was going to say, is that the one when you try to convert it, it just made it a JPEG? Did you put that on Smashwords? Oh, no, no. Yeah, so I was trying to convert. Yeah, it was Jabba Nuba because it was typed out and we had a picture of the printed out page. And I was hoping to find something that would convert a JPEG into Word, like do text recognition. Yeah. But then I pressed the convert button and the file that came out was just a Microsoft Word document with a JPEG <laughs> copy and pasted into the Microsoft Word document. It's like a program that just goes <laughs> yeah. save as docx or whatever. I mean, it's just a program that does copy paste into Word documents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That actually really helps when you do that because if we get a lot of ratings, then it might recommend us to people on Apple Podcasts. It might recommend us. Recommend us, right? Yeah, that'd Um, be nice. (laughs) Or you could even recommend us (laughs) to someone you know. (laughs) Oh, yes. Recommend us to your friends. Recommend us to your families. Um, Yeah. Well, Joseph, do you want to know the best way to get the word out? The best way to recommend this podcast to people? You know I love hearing the best way. Well, here it is. You want to uh, go to school for education, get your teaching certificate, and then become a kindergarten teacher. When you first practice handwriting with your students, have them practice writing out, subscribe to IMCG over and over and over. And then, you know, that will just be naturally in them from childhood. Wow. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just brainwash some kids. I think that could work. But maybe tell them what IMCG stands for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, now that you say that, I probably could have just simplified it to brainwash some kids instead of going through the whole thing, Uh, you know. Whole rigmarole. (laughs) Just brainwash children. Yeah. However you feel is best. Uh, Just don't do anything illegal. (laughs) That sounds (laughs) like it could get bad. Right on. Okay. So I hope you enjoyed this kinkless beginning to season two of Inside the Mind of <laughs> a, a Child To a completely Jesus. kink-free season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our first and only kink-free season. <laughs> yeah. Season three, it's coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming back with vengeance in season three. Uh, yeah, I'm Theo. I am Reggie and his mom's brother, <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. <laughs> um, yeah, and so now uh, we're getting into the outro song. It's a theme song. Mm, it's better this season. <laughs> Screw you. Now I have to make it better? Just put it in HD like you did that one episode. <laughs> I guess I lose a share for that. Oh, yeah, you lose a share. Yeah, I should mention our closing share counts for the day. Theo, 34. Joseph, 37. So, so how many shares does that leave up for grabs from our listeners? Slash Michael Farowich. <laughs> yeah, slash Michael. I feel like we're doing the exact opposite of Patreon where we're just giving away... <laughs> shares in our podcast (laughs) instead of asking for money the podcast is free and you can have you can own it (laughs) if you want (laughs) yeah i mean that that's that's the thing is that the way podcast audiences work is they really want to feel invested in the podcast they want to feel like they have some ownership over it and we're really making that possible yeah very quickly becoming minority shareholders (laughs) yeah to absolutely no gain to ourselves (laughs) Yes. Okay. So that means, I don't know how many Michael had. We'll have to look that up, but that means there are 21 shares that we're missing or 29. Well, you said we were at like 41 and 42 at the beginning of the episode, right? Yeah. So then that would mean there's 
eight from me and nine for you is 17. So he had 16. Nice. I shouldn't be trying to figure this out. <laughs> the theme song has long since passed. <laughs> the episode is over. Well, I mean, don't you know, when, when you go to see a movie, people like sitting past the credits to, to see all the actors do math at, at the end. There's normally one scene yeah. at the end where the, the actors have to, you know, subtract. Yeah, it's very tedious, but only the super fans stay for that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 